Everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk number 264, recording today live on Wednesday, the, what is it today? The, tw- the 2nd of May, uh, only a few more days to the May the 4th, of course, uh, May the 4th be with you and all of those terrible Star Wars gags. Once again, I want to say thank you to everybody who's joined us in the chat room, got a hearty collection, but also we got a bit of a special uh, appearance today, uh, someone we haven't seen for a little while, and I'm just going to say hello to Mr. Gaz Williams, Gaz Williams in the house. How are you, Gaz? <laughs> Oh great! I'm so happy to be back. It's uh, it's wonderful. Only back temporarily, mind. This is I'm I'm back next week. Uh, so I'm going again next week. So, uh, and unfortunately, the the schedule clashes terribly with uh, being able to do the show. So, well, uh, I'll try. I'll try. But uh, we can. Well, that's all right, mate. Uh, uh, I was hoping that uh, now you're here actually means that we can fill some of the show up with uh, tales of what you've been up to. So very pleased to be yeah. able to uh, to have you here. So that's fantastic. And also we we have Mr. Dave Spears from G4 Software. You may know him from such popular hits as Iris, a developer's overview <laughs> that we shot last week uh, before the show, which turned out really well using our brand new system with uh, full switching and all that. And I'm very pleased with that. And Dave uh, played a blinder. So thank you very much, Dave Spears of G4 thank Software. How's the feedback coming on from, um, from Iris since, you know, since release? Have you, have you been uh, aware of what's going on? There seems to be quite a lot of buzz about it still. Oh, it's such a, such a good email from, I can't, I'm not going to say who it is, but it's somebody like really sort of mega, mega famous. And it was just like, oh, and I bought it. And then I told this guy about it and he bought it. And then I told this. And it was just this kind of who's who of kind of top brass people. I was kind of, wow, wow, wow. Excellent. So, yeah. Yeah, by all accounts, good. I'm very pleased to hear that, actually. That's that's really good news and uh, well-deserved. I have still actually haven't got round to downloading my version, which is crap, really, but... I'm just, you know, as I'm sure uh, we'll have a lot of other, um, yeah, a lot of other uh, other things going on. Anyway, um, I'm going to come back to me, uh, and we're going to start with, with Gaz, basically, because Gaz has been uh, not with us for quite some time, and the reason is that uh, he's he's been out working on, uh, um, on an, is it an opera or a musical? I need to, need to get my distinctions right. Well... Ostensibly, it is an opera, and it's a rock opera, uh, but it's not a rock opera in the kind of Queen, We Will Rock You sort of uh, sense. It's more of a... Um, it's more of a traditional opera played by uh, rock musicians. Right, yes, sense. I agree. Um, basically, it's a, it's a Monteverdi opera, uh, the coronation of Popea. Uh, in this case, the, the whole production is just called Popea. And... Uh, and basically, all the top lines uh, are all the traditional Monteverdi top lines, and just the orchestration of the instrumentation is played by bass guitar and synthesizers and uh, uh, drums and such. Uh, You're playing the bass, right? And I am playing the bass, but I'm it, I'm actually only using real bass guitar sounds on a handful of tracks, uh, whereas the majority of tracks I'm uh, I had to uh, I had to look around various uh, options uh, to, to get um, synth uh, some form of synth action with my bass guitar. Um, so I I went for the new Roland GR55 
synthesizer oh, yeah. and had to sort of install the, the GK pickup on one of my bases. Um, and then uh, had to try and program that to get the sounds as close to the uh, the ones that the sound designer had in mind. Um, the sound designer is a guy called Max Lavilla. Yeah. Lavilla. Uh, and he's... He's he's a phenomenal phenomenal musician from uh, from New York, uh, and he uh, he's really created a very very interesting blend of sounds uh, for this opera, and using lots and lots of plugins. And this is this ties in with another of the jobs that I've been doing, which is working on the tech <laughs> side of things. As well. I just thought you'd, you uh, you managed to fit that in as well, right? <laughs> yeah, um, but it's been great really because it's meant that I've been really involved uh, with the with you know the playing side and also the sort of tech side which i which i really enjoy because that is that's that is me all over really and then uh so he's basically um the originally the uh the the commission was by this guy called michael talk an american guy who'd done the original um version of making uh, a contemporary version of these of these tunes yeah. using the Monteverdi lines. Uh, but uh, his demos for it were, they sounded like general music. Oh, they really sounded, they sounded quite, I just don't think that that's what he does particularly. And um, Theatre du Châtelet in Paris, uh, where, where, where it's taken place, um, the, the Châtelet, they, um, they were really hoping for something really contemporary. So, so then they, then, went to a guy called Pete Howard, who I believe you know, Nick, yep. who is, uh, who's uh, originally from Bar- Bath, was uh, the drummer in The Clash in the last, um, the last incarnation of The Clash um, and has had quite an interesting career, um, a great drummer. Uh, he, and he was brought in to be the MD for it and he has then brought in Max, who Max was in a band with, um, with Pete in the early 90s called Eat and it, uh, and, You'd worked with Eat. Yes, I yeah, mean, I did a little I bit think, of uh, yeah. sound for them. Yeah. Uh, so there was two Maxes in the band. Uh, Max joined in the later incarnation of Eat. Um, and so Pete brought Max in then to do the, to do, uh, you know, to, to really help with the orchestration and to work on the sound design. And uh, Max is, is a guitarist, but is absolutely, um, he's absolutely just synth obsessed. Oh, really? And... Yeah, and, and so, and consequently, hasn't given himself a great deal of guitar parts in the show. I mean, there's a reasonable amount. The um, <laughs> the poster, which was designed before, which I think you may have just flashed oh, yeah, up, I'll, it's I'll... kind of got a big flaming Les Paul on there, which is not sort of, uh, it's not as indicative of the sound, really, because <laughs> what it should be is a big flaming Korg monopoly, I think, really. Because <laughs> um, uh, the, the, the monopoly is... Been one of the major sounds. Uh, he's got a monopoly. Uh, you did cover the monopoly last week, did you? Um, oh yeah, we did a, a little thing with um, oh Alex Juno. Did yeah, right. great, great, yeah. great synth. Uh, so uh, you're not using yeah, all, yeah. so with the teching side of it, you've had to put together like because I remember when we first talked about this, you were sort of unifying all these disparate kind of collections of plugins. What's the final tech that you set upon for the for the keyboards and drummers? How did you set that up? 
Right, okay. So both drummers are playing um, electronic drum kits. They're both V-drum kits, right. a TD-20 and a TD-9. And also one of the drummers is kind of, he's half playing drums and half doing percussion. He's using uh, an SPD SX, uh, which is a, like a sampling trigger pad. Uh, then, um, uh, so, so all the drum sounds are actually now coming from either from the TD brains or from samples which we've then put into this uh the the sd the spd SX. right okay uh so but all the keyboard sounds are being triggered from two um macbook pros both with um maxed out ram and ssd drives uh and running main stage oh, and how's that working and, out what, uh, you you chose not to use the drums using that is that because of the, the just the, the variable latency Part, partly that and also it's just worked out better the way it's worked it out and actually to be honest the the, the td20 does actually sound really really good yeah. i'm very impressed with it the drums sound especially once that's actually translated going into the pa and stuff you know it's uh it does sound really good uh so we thought we were going to have to be running big drum sample libraries and and thankfully haven't really so those so those pieces of kit have actually really delivered the goods and um all very happy with that uh however the um main stage is working out pretty well really um and uh there's a quite a large array of plugins being used um lots of geforce uh software plugins um <laughs> as ever the uh <laughs> yeah which is great actually the um the uh the venerable mtron pro is being used a lot actually and uh well um, Max, very interestingly, what he's really been really striving to achieve is a, a, like a timeless sound, like a sound you can't really place in, in a particular time zone, really. And um, uh, and to that end, some of the sounds are sort of, you know, it doesn't really, some of it sounds like it's 1980, some of it sounds 1960s. Some, uh, the, the Hammond Nova Chord, uh, the Hollow Sun Nova Chord sample library is has been used extensively as well, and is really one of the key the key sounds. I would say the the Mellotron, the uh, the Nova Chord, uh, the um, the uh, and the Monopoly. Those are the uh, those are the kind of the ones that are, I would say the the most sort of reoccurring kind of sounds. Um, and it's really lovely the way that the, that the sounds all blend together. It's a really excellent blend. I'm really impressed with uh, with the work that he's done. Really, he's worked night and day, Max has, in trying to kind of get this together. And um, so I've kind of come in and helped to sort of take it from a, a PC Cubase project, which he's kind of composed the uh, or, or rather modified the scores and. Um, and to turn it into like a, this performance uh, situation, and we've been uh, we've been assisted recently now in France by a guy called Jean Philippe uh, Chevin, um, who's uh, Jean Michel Jarre's uh, keyboard tech. So that's been great working with him, you know, having his great wealth of experience and stuff. Uh, really, really nice guy. Uh, so um, I think one of the things that makes this quite a complex project in a way, though, is that there's 42 pieces of music, <laughs> each of which is consisting of many many layers many textures many sounds um so you know it's uh getting all the kind of patch changing sort of system in place uh we're gonna have somebody actually under the stage uh, that we've been calling the troll who's gonna he's gonna uh, he's gonna be doing all the patch changing for the keyboard players um uh because uh, there's two keyboard players both of which have got two two keyboard uh which are just 
acting as kind of controllers to the main to the main stage projects, which are all going to be under the stage. Um, and there's a guitarist, me playing bass, and then the two drummers, and uh, the three aside. Uh, but we've been hearing some really interesting things. Uh, the guy, because we're on stage as well, we're not in the pit. We're actually part of the show, and uh, the costume designer is uh, is the guy who is Lady Gaga's costume wow. designer. So, so uh, yeah, we're all kind of worried. I'm going to wear spam, spam, spam fritters. Like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, it's really interesting. Sounds like a really uh, exciting project. I mean, how was the process of getting yeah. it all into the main stage cover umbrella? Was that kind of daunting or did it actually work out quite well? Yeah, it did out really well, actually. Main stage is actually a lot of people in the industry basically said that it is actually the best piece of software for this, for this type of application. And, uh, and it's working out really well. Um, it's been, by and large, quite stable considering the huge amount of RAM it's all kind of eating up. Um, the worst offender is the East-West Play Engine, which is, uh, maybe I shouldn't have mentioned that, but it's, it's, it sounds wonderful, but it's just, it's just so RAM-hungry. Right. It does kind of uh, destabilize things somewhat. But other than that, it's generally been pretty good. Um, uh, oh, I should. I also forgot to mention the other key sound, of course, is fair, the Fairlight. Ah. The Fairlight is uh, lots of Fairlight samples, and um, and Mac really likes the Fairlight samples being used not in the kind of ranges that they're sort of generally designed to be used for. You know, getting interesting sort of, uh, you know, using bass samples uh, in the high octaves and just different. You know, using things wrongly, really, and. Um, and uh and, and that makes that quite interesting friction of sounds then all sort of working together um uh oh i can see there that, now that's that, max villa it's right? an interview with that yeah yeah and that's very interesting that's a very interesting little video where max kind of explains a lot about his choices yeah this worth. i'll put a link to this in the show uh, show notes it's actually worth um if i can yeah. do uh, copy <laughs> see if i can do that uh, Put it well, one of the interesting things though about this project is is that um Popea as an opera is a very traditional opera it's very kind of uh it's it's almost like a sacred cow in the opera world in a way and the chatelet is a is a very kind a of classic theater you know, is it yeah oh, it's a beautiful beautiful venue a really absolutely stunning venue uh and for them, they're really sticking their neck out on this project. Um, uh -huh. The director of the whole theatre, um, Jean-Luc Chopin, Chopin I can't, I'm not sure how to say his name, sorry. Uh, apparently, this has been the realisation of a 20-year wow. dream of his. <laughs> I also, actually, this, I also so. noticed there's another Bath connection, because it's, is it Ian Burton who's doing the set design? I know. Uh, no, Ian's the, the librettist. He's uh, yeah. So he's basically kind of written the story. I, and the I know Ian um, from a long time ago. He's he, is he of? Yeah. How am I going to describe him? Quite a theatrical, well-spoken yes. uh, gentleman <laughs> yeah. of a certain age. Yeah. He he yeah. was based in Bath. I worked on some of the productions uh, in Bath, the sort of local kind of uh, Bath op operatic stuff. I used to do that in this in the in the Easter holidays when I was at school just to sort of get, you know, right. and so I do remember him. Yeah. And he, well, Ian is the link to Pete. Yeah. That would um, make sense. 
yeah so that's how it's how it's all it's all yeah i mean it's amazing when you start doing this it's an incredible sort of uh level of uh interconnectivity because uh and now in the photos that i was showing there's also angie pollock who is the uh keyboard player that i met through goldfrap who uh just literally on on a i'll phone her up and see if she was available there she is uh <laughs> um and she said, yeah, and looks like she got the job. So I feel really chuffed about that, actually, because I've sort of f- facilitated something happening there. She's, uh, yeah, she's proper rock and roll Angie as well. She's, uh, she's, she's a real trooper, and she's, uh, she's, she's great fun. She's great fun and, uh, and brilliant. I mean, good grief if you see how difficult this stuff is to play. I mean, oh, and to memorise as well, because they're not meant to have scores on stage. And, uh, and some of it, you know, they're just, they're just kind of... Um, you know, with like rock music, you kind of work out, okay, this is just like, oh, you know, it goes through loads of keys and, you know, and it's like, how are you meant to memorize all this stuff? Without, well, that's a bit rich, not having score, because if you're in the pit and it was an orchestra, they'd all have scores. Well, you see, the whole kind of thing that they're trying to sort of get, though, is this like band, this like kind of weird band playing this music and, you know, bands generally don't have scores on stage, do they? So, no, you know, wow. but um, I think the keyboard players may have scores now. I think they may be a concession just because the sheer volume of the stuff, just trying to memorize. What it about just getting so... some of those heads up display goggles so you can actually have like, you know, on, at least on one eye, you'll be able to see the score going past or something that's just helping you to kind of know where you are in the world. Uh Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. Um, actually, one of the things I, I'm really excited to sort of try out, and I'll report back on, um, we're getting fitted with the, the apparently the most state-of-the-art in-ear monitoring system in the world. Uh-huh. Uh, I, we've had the, our ear moulds taken, and uh, but we're gonna when I get back, the the, the guy's gonna come, and he does this. Um, oh, I'll, I'll have to try and think of the the link. Um, oh, I've got the card in there. I'll go and grab it because he he does this thing where he he. He, he he tests your ears for the sort of the frequency response of your actual ears. It kind of analyzes the hairs in your ears <laughs> and he kind of, so then he can kind of tweak the, uh, oh yeah, there's five drivers in these oh, as well in these, in the, and, uh, and they're really totally kind of geared to your exact listening um, capabilities really. So, um, and he, the guy, um, not like these. Joel, his name. <laughs> um i'll have to come find the card and get the link uh, that sounds really really got... interesting actually so so what's happening you're at a break yeah. at the moment you've got a, a short break for, for may bank holiday right uh kind of i've just come back for six days um which is great because we've been doing it now without any time off at all um literally just doing seven days a week so 14 some well sometimes up to 20 hours in a day wow. you know? so like really really it's been so hectic but i mean it's it, we managed to play through the whole thing uh the day before yesterday um which was great uh so we feel like you yeah, know you, you've, you've broken the back of you know of something anyway. yeah well i must admit you're yeah. looking very well on it i think you must have lost weight I'm just kind of just... no i've, I've been putting i really on. you've I've been eating been... you've been having the finest gastronomy that uh, paris has to offer but it's so nice you know to be we're absolutely dead center of paris the dead center of paris and um you know we've got our, our pds and all that kind of little treats and um uh but you know it's just i'm just forgetting just 
way too much at the moment. <laughs> I, well, but I'll tell you what would be great. I don't know if this is at all possible. It would be great for if you can uh, just film us a little bit of a tour of the tech setup without breaking any uh, embargoes or anything, just so that we could, you know, just take yeah. a look at it. It'd be brilliant. Uh, just do a little uh, yeah, yeah. walkthrough yeah. at some point. If you get time. It doesn't sound like you're getting much time though, at the moment, to be perfectly honest, but it sounds like a very exciting uh, process. Yeah, I mean, um, it was great when uh, the singers came over for the first time last week. And so we actually got to sort of play with the singers. And um, Mark Almond, uh, who's playing the role of Seneca, who's like the kind of wizened old sort of philosopher kind of guy, the role in there. And, um, and Mark Almond is absolutely wonderful. He is just... Um, He's just his commitment when he sings is just amazing. Every single performance that we do, every single little run through, he really just put his all into it, and uh, and his voice is just so distinctive, and um, and it's just really, 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 he's just so perfectly cast in the role, and uh, it's a real treat really playing with him because he's you know, he's a bit of a legend. Absolutely. Um, uh, and uh, one of the things that's quite interesting is um, the male lead is a guy called Carl Barrett, who's um, pretty well known in the UK as a singer. He was the, the, the joint frontman of the Libertines with Pete Doherty. Um, and uh, he's very much from that kind of sort of hedonistic, punky sort of background, which is kind of quite cool when you look at the role of Nero that he's playing, which has kind of got um, some, some eerie parallels, really. Um, but uh, the the leading lady is um, Valerie, who's a proper, you know, classically trained, you know, well-known opera singer, so when they sing together, you get this really odd hybrid then of this kind of sort of punky drawl that Carl's got with this kind of, uh, you know, this opera voice. It's really, it's so, it's such an unusual. That sounds absolutely unusual, brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Uh, Dave, I'm guessing uh, you've been very, uh, very, very enthralled there. Is there anything you, you'd yeah, like to yeah, ask, yeah. Gaz? Because, I mean, this obviously this is kind of, this, this, sort, of, yeah, this we... sort of arrangement, you know, the, the, this is a very, very specific and unique and kind of almost one-off setup. I mean, you're not, you know, setting up a touring rig and what have you has is a different set of parameters. But this one just sounds like there's an all, a whole lot of uh, different things to work with. Um, just wondering if you had any questions. Yeah, two. Um, one, we're coming to Paris on the 15th, so we might come and see you. Oh, great. Yeah. Secondly, I'll whisper this, is it cheesy or is it? Hardcore. That's a very, very good question. Um, Max, uh, Max is like kind of, you know, he's really, you know, he's got like a complete sort of um, uh, radar for anything cheesy. He's really, uh, you know, in terms of to eradicate anything cheesy. And uh, um, I think the original, the original interpretation of it was the quite, general video one yeah it was that was quite cheap <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but i think that he did do quite a good job in being able to sort of interpret it in the way that he's done and that kind of gave max um you know like a kind of starting point and basically what max has done is just reorchestrated it with with, with pete as well um and uh uh and i think yeah i don't know i don't think so i mean i think uh I think it's quite it's quite quite interesting. I think it's really yeah, good yeah, actually. Yeah, no, um yeah. Uh and some of it, especially some of it really works really well. Some of it's quite odd, I have to say, but we're kind of trying to kind of we're just as musicians, we're just trying to kind of get put a bit of grease into it, you know, yeah, just kind yeah, of make yeah. it um 
is there scope for kind of remolding and re, you know changing things on the fly or is there just not any daylight in it for that not really not really i mean and and to be fair that's a lot to do with max's kind of uh you know max has pretty much you know worked solidly for nine months on this on this now um so you know he's got a he's got an absolutely kind of he's got a crystal clear vision of of how how he wants it to, to be really so i mean in some cases we're having to sort of modify things a little bit there uh, the director wants you know things changing uh, one of the one of the things is is just trying to sort of fend off people's ideas really ah right you know? yeah yeah i see just to say uh, that. you know people yeah, with the best will in the world, you know, people have all got plenty of ideas, you know, including us band members, but we really sort of have to sort of, you know, understand that, you know, you can't really water something down when it's got such a kind of clear right. vision, you know. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, uh, Kosh Dice, yeah. uh, Happy Fun Team says in the chat room, uh, so you're not going to be able to get a bass solo then? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Um, Ah, I'm kind of glad in a way, though, yeah. uh, because, I mean, some of it sounds like a bass solo, just some of it's just so, some of it is just so unbelievably tricky. To, you know, it's the hardest thing I've, I've ever had to do. And, um, uh, you know, just, um, but it's quite interesting from a bass point of view, playing with the, the, these kind of synth sounds, you know, and just sort of trying to, um, you know, kind of, it's this combining the two disciplines together really sort of synth playing and bass playing and oh well, and the, how are you finding the triggering i mean are you having to accommodate your playing to kind of hit the notes because it's by its very nature bass synths are, are going to be slower to, to to trigger right yeah i mean i'm most of the stuff i'm playing with the synth sign kind of stuff happens in the mid part of the neck or around the 12th fret or so um and i'm going to get my bass modified a little bit to try and in, improve it a little bit more but it's by and large it's quite good because it's got two that that unit's quite interesting because it's got um it's a continuation of the gr series you know so it's got uh it's got the old hex kind of distortion and some of the things that have been in those units since day one really since the, the late 70s um and though and, and the gr stuff just tr- tracks, tracks really well perfectly. Yeah. Uh, yeah yeah but it does have like quite a gnarly kind of quality um whereas a lot of the sounds are pretty kind of smooth it's like kind of uh, some of the bass basses uh well quite often cork monopoly actually bass so you know it's trying to find ways maybe you need an analog filter pedal or something just to sort of round it off a bit on the way out yeah, I'd be wondering about that. But the, the filter, there is a quite nifty filter in that, which is pretty cool. But what I was going to say, though, it's got the GR mode, but it's actually also got two sort of PCM uh, layers as well. So you can kind of take sort of sample bass waves uh, synth, prompt synthesizers, mm-hmm. and you can get a layer of the three of the three sounds, the GR sound and two PCM layers. Uh, and, and then... And, it's quite it's actually quite it's quite deep actually you can get quite quite deep into it uh, but i have to say one of the things that's really helped a lot though is um, that roland haven't released a, an editor for that thing but um some person some some just sort of uh you know enthusiastic amateur somewhere has made the most amazing uh, editor for it so uh Makes it, yeah. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm gonna write him a i'm gonna write him a big thank you letter I excellent think, uh, 
it's uh, that's really helped me a lot because it's just tweaking, 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 tweaking. Yeah, no, I can imagine. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. it's been very interesting to hear about that. That's uh, running in uh, June. I mean, I'm I'm hoping to try and uh, see if I can figure out a way of getting over, but I understand that uh, the tickets may be limited. But um, what we've got some other topics to look at as well. And I think just before we do that, I'm just going to say th- uh, thank you to our sponsors, if you don't mind. So uh, here, here is Yamaha. If you're looking, there's uh, the Yamaha O1V96i. This is uh, the compact digital mixer from Yamaha. If you're watching the video stream, you'll be seeing their kind of sexy promo uh, with uh, together with the Bitly URL underneath. Uh, essentially, what this is: sixteen out, sixteen in, sixteen out, USB two audio streaming. Uh, interface built in it's got refined quality audio head amp, head amps these are the good the good ones that they put into the new steinberg hardware full suite of vcm effects master strip and stomps uh, stomp effects revex reverb 40 40 mixing channels 32 mono four stereo 16 analog and eight digital outputs including an ada output which doesn't mean you're using up one of the yg daa slots you've still got a spare one if you want to expand more eight auxes eight buses 100 millimeter motorized faders four effects uh, Steinberg Cubase, Cubase AI included. Each mono channel got four band EQ, compressor, and gate. Uh, door support. You've got a MIDI control layer there. Uh, and you can cascade a couple of them together if you want. And in fact, uh, we've got one in for review. And I'm looking forward to getting hold of get my hands. It's in the box out there, which I'm going to be uh, looking at in the next couple of weeks. So uh, I can't wait to get my hands on it. But if you want to get your hands on it yourself, uh, then please do head over to Yamaha. Uh, main deal. Any Yamaha main dealer should have one in stock. You can try it out, run some audio through it, try and mic through it, check it out. Uh, Yamaha Pulse stores, uh, which are stores within stores in the UK, uh, should be able to get with those at yamahadownload.com. Uh, and in the US, any of the major dealers should be able to uh, give you a good look at one of these things. So once again, the O1V96i, and there's a bit.ly URL there, which is bit.ly slash 01V96i. That's 01V96i. That's a bit.ly URL. So, thank you very much to Yamaha for the sponsorship of the show. And uh, we're back to our normal services resumed. It's been very interesting to hear from Gaz about what he's doing. And very much appreciate him taking time out to actually kind of, you know, rather than getting his washing done, he's with us, which is uh, very (laughs) kind of him. I'm just thinking what we could do next. I'm wondering whether or not we should... um, I'm going to go with Mr. Dolby, just purely Mm. because this is really out there. (laughs) synthesizers work anyway well i just happen to have the answer of the century now watch this hello i'm thomas dolby and i'm here to explain to you how a synthesizer works (laughs) this is one of my synthesizers here you see the word synthesizer is used to describe a number of electronic devices arranged for the purpose of sound synthesis. Synthesis is a word meaning the combining of ideas and objects into a, a bigger whole. I'm going to fast forward case, here. The combining of tone of a sound. Look. He does this rather strange metaphor of a fly in a matchbox. I want you to imagine that the fly is an oscillator and this box is a filter and me, I'm electricity. <laughs> and if I start to shake the box, the fly will begin to buzz. I'm not scared. I'm not scared. The harsh. Let me just. uh, Here we go. You ready? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Should we do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, go for it. Here we go. When I'm dancing next to her. 
That is so surreal. Uh, now, I, that only just came out. I found that on, um, oh, I'm trying to remember where it, where it came from. But it, that was um, a, a music, a kids program um, in Canada by called The Ghost of Fafna Hall, which is a music education series that was ran by, uh, by HBO for 13 episodes in 1989. And I just thought, wow, where's, where's our equivalent for that? And also, I think that... Um, Thomas Dolby could always have a career in pantomime if he doesn't ever make it in the music <laughs> business. But uh, what do you think, Dave? I thought that was uh, that was genius, and he was very good, wasn't he? He he could definitely teach kids. His his enthusiasm was infectious, or not? <laughs> I thought it was quite disturbing <laughs> on many levels. Most of all, that I was looking at his mini mog and going, "What's that modification <laughs> there underneath the old controllers?" But um, that was particularly disturbing. Yeah, really fascinating. Well, it was kind of it was weird on so many levels because he was quite young, and yet he was looking old. And there was all these kind of and the fly and the, it was just really strange. It, but yeah, very good fun. I think the fly metaphor just sort of ran out of steam a little bit because when he was opening and closing the matchbox for filtering, it wasn't really doing anything, and it was like, oh dear, sort of they let him down there in post, I think. But. Uh, at one point, I thought I was dreaming, looking, watching it, and then I started to wonder whether I had actually taken any drugs. And it was all kind of, oh no, this is a video that Nick sent through. It really exists. Yeah, it does. It's really what's happening. I mean, as a kid watching that, you must just kind of like, it was. Maybe I'll go and be an accountant. This is on the Muppet Wiki, the Ghost of Fafner Hall. It's a Jim Henson production. Um, that's where I got my information, so I hope it's correct. But great fun. Do you enjoy Very that, Gaz? Good. Is that something that you... I, I wish that we'd had that when, in my day. I suppose we did, but I, I didn't know it existed. <laughs> oh, no, it was really good, isn't it? I mean, uh, I looked on uh, the Wikipedia site, and they, they had some pretty good guests Oh, really? Show, well, who they? else did um, they get? Uh, they had Dizzy Gillespie. <laughs> the hell? Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, who else did they have? Um, oh... Because there's a few, there's quite a few Brits on there, and I wasn't sure. So it was Canadian, was it? I'm not um, sure if it was actually. I, that might have been. Um, let me have a look. No, it was create. It was the episode. The episode uh, studies certain music curriculum created by Canadian University of York professors. So it's based uh, on an actual kind of uh, uh, um, curriculum. Oh, here's a here's a list of who they had on there. They had um, Ray Cooder. They had. Uh, Fish from Marillion, uh, Julia Fordham, um, Mark Knopfler, Nigel Kennedy, Los Lobos, George Martin, Lady Smith Black Mabozo, Bobby McFerrin, <laughs> Joni Mitchell. Jesus Christ. Patrick, Mar- Patrick Moraz. <laughs> <laughs> you still endorse. The Gil Gil Evans Orchestra. Wow. Um, yeah, James Taylor. Sort of, uh, Courtney Pine. <laughs> Interesting. I'd like to see the whole series, actually. That sounds absolutely brilliant. Yeah, and I think we should probably try and get hold of it. I'm sure you can find a lot of it on YouTube. Although that was that looked like it was actually posted by the Jim Henson organisation. You know, so it was probably it's probably legitimate. So there might be other ones on there. I didn't get a chance to to look at any more of those, but absolutely brilliant fun. And um, mm-hmm. there there is really no more to that topic other than did check check out Thomas Dolby explaining synthesis with a fly <laughs> in a matchbox pretty far out um, well the one thing i thought though was it said that the episode was from 1989 and then i thought well actually some of the equipment he was using was quite antiquated for 1989 wasn't it, it? Had a d50 okay. oh yeah, uh, yeah. That was, i think that's what uh, was on okay. the bottom that's what i recognized it right. as maybe it wasn't uh-huh. and it was a series three <laughs> 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 it was <laughs> 
Um, oh, what year did uh, Aliens Ate, Ate My Buick come out? Oh, that was, that, that was his haircut oh, for Aliens oh, Ate oh, My yeah, Buick, wasn't it? Two-ish. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good record. Yeah. Oh, that's a brilliant record. I think that's such... For me, that's almost like the the ultimate 80s album is you know except it was in the 90s i know i think i've got to say the flat earth for me the flat earth was the one flat earth that that did it for me yeah that's great i love that it's a beautiful record anyway um great fun great fun altogether um let's have a look then um so perhaps we could uh, we can move on to something else oh this was cool as well this actually this might be something that would be really nifty for you guys uh, if you weren't using main stage uh check this out This is the um, Spacebook dual 17-inch display laptop computer, which kind of folds out. Uh, if I get the video off, and I'll just come back to here, and I'll show you the, uh, the web page for it. It kind of folds out from behind itself, and, uh, and so you've got dual 17-inch screens, uh, i7 um, 1.73 gigahertz uh, quad-core compressor uh, processor, eight gigs of RAM. It just looks like a, such a. I mean, I don't know why I want it, but I do. It, <laughs> and I, I think it set you back. Uh, looks like it's going to be about uh, two thousand four hundred dollars, which seems you know it doesn't seem well. It's excessive, obviously, but it doesn't seem massively excessive for that. Um, that, I'd just love to take one of those and use that for, ed, for video editing at NAMM. I don't know, Gaz, is that the sort of thing you could see yourself in front of on, on stage at the, on the opera, or is it a bit too indiscreet? <laughs> um, so, it's all got a bit dumb. Ah, sorry. I, 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 thought, I thought, wow, when I saw it, I thought it, was, uh, I thought it was one of those. When I first saw the first photo, I thought it was just like a Photoshop sort of job, you know, not a real a real unit but uh i think it's great yeah i love that i thought wow you know screen real estate you know on laptops is always so limited so to have two 17 17 inch displays that's that's really fab and they're full um, 1920 full hd uh led backlit yeah. display um so that's... that doesn't seem excessively expensive then really for that because it's quite well spec compared to the equivalent mac i mean that's kind of I think my MacBook, my 17-inch MacBook, costs more than that, I think. Yeah, um, probably. I like the fact that it's also got built-in 1.5-watt speakers. <laughs> Just so I think, couldn't you have done a bit better than that? Um, <laughs> a bit more density. Yeah. I, I know, Dave, do you lust after things like that, or would you prefer to have the tiniest, most uh, uh, effete sort of netbook, you know, netbook, well, not netbook, what are they called? Ultrabooks now, because some of those are getting really fast. The ones that are competing with the MacBook Airs, um, that you can kind of, you know, they're really cramming a lot of processor power into those now, aren't they? I finally upgraded to my iPhone 4S. Mm-hmm. Talking of super speed and being hip on, on the money. No, I was exactly the same as Gaz. I thought, this is a joke, it's photoshopped. And then I thought, that's bloody brilliant, because when we were doing Iris, that video, all I wanted was another screen. I'm so used to working on two screens here that... When I was kind of limited to, you know, my little laptop, it was like, oh, God. Because one of the whole big things with Iris is that you can break off certain sections and have them on another screen and do all sorts of oh, things. Oh, well, the bit I edited out, you mean? Right. Sorry about that. <laughs> ah, well, yeah, yeah. No, I did say to Chris about that this morning. It was just, but, I mean, just to know, get it in under 30 had, minutes, you know. Yeah, and we had one screen, whereas actually with this, it's like, oh. It's particularly for live 
gigs and stuff like that. It'd be really. Cool. I really like the idea. I'm, maybe we can get them to sponsor us, and uh, we can just have it on a you know as a as a resident review computer. But then I'd have to figure yeah. out how to um, how to sort of uh, what do you call it hackintosh it because that's I, I need an yeah. OSX as well. But I don't know. I, mm. It's kind of fun because it does. It does function as just a single screen one, doesn't it? So you can just use it as a regular laptop and then you can open the extra screen out as and when you I need it. I think that's how it works. Let's have a look. There was a picture, mm. there was a picture down here. Um, there we go. Yeah, it slides out and you can have yeah. it just a single one. That would be jolly heavy. It's really cool. Yeah. Great. I, yeah, I, I really imagine, cool. uh, let's just have a quick look at that video. I imagine, just looking at the video, the one thing that they did, and this has been in, um, in development for an awfully long time, you know, because I've seen that the first videos were up from two years ago and it still hadn't been out. And I don't even know if it's actually out yet. But uh, as you can see, they haven't got quite got the colour matching on those two screens sorted out. The profiles are ever so slightly okay. different, which you'd sort of need to. But I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't really want to use it as, you know, having an image spread across two like that i'd probably want to have you know you'd have one arrangement screen and then one edit screen or something like that wouldn't you yeah i'm so used to working like that now it's impossible mm. to work with a single screen almost yeah of course it's quite it's quite relaxing this is very it? cool <laughs> speaking speaking of laptops and screens uh with um the mac os x going up to mountain lion do you think that the new generation of MacBooks are going to have touchscreens then? I don't see how it would work. They'd have to fold. They'd have to turn into tablets for it to work, and that would eat into the mm -hmm. iPad thing. I mean, this, was, this did actually relate to one of the earlier topics which we skipped over, which was this whole sort of idea of everything going into the browser. And again, the continual sort of dumbing down of the computing environment, which, you know, for the majority mm -hmm. of users is a great idea, but um, it's not for content developers. It's a bloody nightmare. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't have thought so yet. I think we're probably a little way off something like that happening. I don't know. What do you think, Dave? Oh, I have no idea. I've given up speculating with Apple. <laughs> They've got... Oh, yeah. What I do know is they made something like 38... No, they made $18 billion in the last quarter. They sold something like 38 mm. million iPhones. And God knows how many iPads. Well, I've just spent the entire weekend dealing with updates, cloning drives and replacing drives and updating drives and operating systems. And it was relatively painful. Mm. But I'm finally in the cloud. What's the cloud about? It's not a cloud, is it? There's nothing in the cloud. It's just a server somewhere else. Mm. So on the bottom of my emails now, I'm going to have, we're dispensing with the cloud. We're just firing all our emails into outer space. <laughs> <laughs> We're going one better. Yeah, <laughs> further than cloud, stratospheric. That maybe there'll be different types of cloud. So you can have the uh, Cirrus Stratus uh, version, or the Cumulonimbus, or just the uh, the low sort of more like what it is in the UK, just the low rain cloud. That's just sort of that's the really slow version that only gives you you know very limited storage and no backup or anything. It's just the fog. <laughs> Makes everything I'm in the grand. mist. Yeah. yeah, I'm not in the cloud. I'm just in the the, the the drizzle. Yeah, it's kind of what it felt like. I have to say, but hey, I'm now up to date for the next month, probably. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, that's good fun. I mean, 
I forgot where we started with that. Oh, yeah, that was that laptop. Uh, I mean, I, I think we need a bit more innovation. I mean, I, much as I enjoy, I've, what I've started doing is trying to take, is taking my um, iPad home and leaving the computer here and just trying to see how much I can actually do now. Because I've got, there are things on the, uh, on the MacBook that I need for, you know, things like restarting servers and all that sort of stuff, which I've managed to replicate now on the, on the, on the iPad. So it means wherever I am, I can always fix it pretty much. So, but but there are things like you know, if I could edit the podcast, for instance, on the uh, on an iPad, that would be quite interesting to me because then I wouldn't take the laptop. I just you know quickly run through it. But there are things you know, things that are just not with specialized workflows that you get as developers. You need hardware that is capable of supporting that. I don't want to constantly be re rethinking my workflow and redesigning it just because the hardware won't let me do it the way I want. You know, for instance, you know, it's like I listen to the podcast at one and a half times speed just so that it doesn't take as long and I can still hear what's going on. I mean, I, I used to edit out the gaps and the pauses and make everybody sound really snappy and stuff. But now it's not necessary. You know, I realise that's not so necessary. And, and so I try and edit it quickly and make sure that I'm just cutting out or, or you know, if, if, if the phone goes or whatever, I try and get rid of all of that sort of thing. And I can't do that on an iPad uh, and I can't do it on a phone or anything. And also I'm using, I'm now using the Isotope uh, Nectar plugin across the, the two different tracks, which it's, I, I think sounds great. You won't hear it on the, on the video version of this, but you'll hear it now on the final versions of the MP3 and I can't run that on an iPad. So there are, there are, you know, there's lots of reasons why I don't want everything to become dumber and easier for, for me. Anyway, I want them just to become, I just want more power. And cloud is good for backing up because, I mean, now my computer just sits there and kind of goes, oh, yeah, there's a few files changed. I'll send them up there. You know, you can get them if you need them. I don't know. That's my rant over with. Anyone care to add anything? Or have I just, have I just <laughs> silenced everyone? <laughs> no, I'm completely in agreement. Um, so what would be next? We've got two options. We've got, the, we've got the, I think we'll end on the happy birthday one, but so maybe we've got time to get this one. And this was absolutely, speaking of iPhones, I know it, we tend, I'm trying not to make this iPhone or iOS centric. It just so happens that this particular topic is using them, but it could just as easily be uh, for Android phones. Watch this. Here we go. This is the one. You guys ready? Take number 238. Three, two, one, go. the idea a very clever bit of um i guess what they did is they made four separate movies and then choreographed the moving of the phones around so everything would move i mean just i can't imagine what sort of document you'd have to write for those people to know what they were doing and how how they rehearsed their parts and when at the beginning it says uh take 238 i can totally believe that but that was uh the mystery guitar man who posts a lot of very interesting and clever video trickery stuff and that was a cover of funds we are young which apparently is number two in the billboard hot 100 in the states at the moment um i don't that's all it means to me but i thought that was a brilliant bit of uh, creative uh, use uh, sort of lateral thinking for something like that i've never seen anything like that before any of you 
care to comment? Uh, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, <laughs> Another hit topic from uh, the the vital uh, uh, the vital brain of my yeah. Uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, yeah. But um, I can't. I mean, I'm 238 takes. You'd have to have some very good friends. Well, I suppose there was just two of them doing it, so it would be easier to rehearse. But a lot of work on it. I kind of thought that was a joke. You think? Take, possibly. But um, there's some outtakes as well, isn't there, where you know uh, where you can watch them messing up, mess up. <laughs> so maybe it did. Maybe they did take that many, that many takes. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, obviously, OK Go springs to yes, mind with uh, so. you know. Um, and yeah, I guess that's the interesting thing with the internet, isn't it? You know, that now if you have a good idea and you have got the sort of patience and diligence to sort of see it through, you know, you, you can start a career and it'd be interesting to see if this, if this guy then, you know, starts to become a bit more. I didn't, yeah. I, well, I mean, he's got, he's got quite a kind of uh, a cult following. I, I, I mean, I think if I was looking at his Facebook, I think he's got 358,000 followers on Facebook. Um, so I'm guessing he's probably yeah. making some sort of revenue out of advertising. Um, but I mean, yeah. the amount of work that must have taken, I'm guessing if he's, you know, talking about at least a day of takes by the sounds of it yeah. for that. No editing, of course, because it was just one take. But I mean, the amount of time it must have taken to put together. Yeah, the song—you know—the song was just a cover, but it was more the the, the, the yeah. process that was interesting. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, um, and yeah, so, so I think that's the interesting thing, though, isn't it? Is that um, you know, the idea—the idea will probably be copied now. Yeah. Um, and you know, it will probably filter through into other things. Um, uh, and people will do it via CGI because it's just easier when they've got the money <laughs> yeah. behind them, yeah. The one thing I would say about the song, though, the song's a monster hit, uh, and the, the good thing about it, I, 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 for me, the song's a bit ho-hum, but it does feature Janelle Monet, who I'm absolutely crazy about. So uh, so if it raises her profile, then that's <laughs> That's good in my book. Uh, her Arc Android album. I mean, I've banged on about her before in the past. I saw her in Glastonbury last year and she blew my socks off. Uh, and I think she is going to be the big star of the future. And um, so, you know, the fact that this is like fun featuring Janelle Monet and it's been number one is, is that, that's what makes, that's what I got excited about just because I, uh, just, I'm absolutely mad about her. I think she's you heard it here, folks. Gaz's premonition or prediction is Janelle Monet to be uh, for president of the ch- of the oh, pop she, charts. She is. She's just everything you could possibly want in a pop chart. <laughs> I, I am really not familiar is. with. I'm going to have to go and check some pictures in the privacy of my oh. own home and see what she has to offer. <laughs> I tell you what. I tell you what. Right. She. I mean, she's like sort of mid twenties, black American. You know female artist music and like her album um the arc android that's what i'm mostly familiar with has so many things which would just defy what you would expect an artist of that you know you, we, we would make an assumption that that it's going to be all very based around sort of like a an r&b or hip-hop sort of kind of area and it really it does have an aspect of that in there, but it just goes right across the board. And uh, and the thing I really liked about her was that she wasn't using sort of overt sexuality. So when I saw her, she wears these really amazing outfits, but it's all it's much more classy, stylish. 
And she really is like a hybrid of James Brown, Stevie Wonder, and Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. Look, all kind looks of good embraces there in that shot, I can see. Uh, I can't share <laughs> that with you folks because uh, this screen is not um, available for the Skype. For mm. uh, but, yeah, thanks for the tip there, Gaz. I enjoyed that. Mm. Uh, Dave, you do lots of animation. Or you do a used to do, or do, uh, used to do a yearly animation with your child. Um, is this, can you appreciate the, uh, the skill and um, work that's gone into this? Yeah. <laughs> the hours. <laughs> And hours, hours and hours. No, I mean, it was really, really clever. And I, uh, half of me thought, oh, guys, go and get a job. Uh, but then the other half of me just thought, that no, is his job. I'm just being facetious. Mysteryguitarman.com, um, where you want to be looking for that. I was. I caught a little bit of the other uh, video as well, where they were showing how they did certain things in Final Cut, which was quite interesting. I love Final Cut, I really do. Um the the older version not the final cut pro x that it's all become now but uh, yeah no brilliant very clever very clever weirdly enough i had an email from somebody to, uh, yesterday saying that they would like to show one of our animations at some children's film festival excellent even though we stopped them years ago when nipper had to do much more homework so yeah it's funny that they're still kind of got its own got their own lives excellent you'll be in the it's- the canadian film foundation one of these days. Uh, but I do agree with Gaz. She's quite nice, isn't she? <laughs> easy, <laughs> easy, gents. This is going to, we're going to end up, it's, gonna, it's not going to look well for us. You know, I, it, and my hero, my big hero is that Michelle and Dale Cello. Oh, she's always been my kind Does of. she play bass? Sort of secret. Yeah, secret yeah. love of my life. All right. Okay. Well, it's just between you, me, and Gaz, and the countless thousands of people who will end up watching this on YouTube and listening <laughs> to it on, on MP3. At least that's what I hope will happen. Um, seems like we've uh, sorted out some of the gremlins from last week. I debugged the system a little bit, and it seems to be working a little bit better now. So I'm thank goodness. Was all I can say. Uh, now Dave is going to pretend that his mic stopped functioning or something, and just get me get me jumping around, no doubt. So um, there was one more thing because it's now. Uh, What's the time now? I've got time for one more. Ah, oh, yeah, this was... Uh, let me see where I can find it here. This was... Ah, oh, of course. How could I How could I miss this? This, of course, is the only topic that really matters this week. And this is, uh, this is a happy birthday to someone very special. Um, that was... Uh, Giorgio Moroder was 72 last Friday. Take the human touch, combine it with a digital computer, and you've got composer-producer Giorgio Moroder. It's John Wayne there on the voiceover. On and creating musical magic from thin air and solid-state electronics. From his disco hits for Donna Summer to his Academy Award for the score of Midnight Express, Marauder's an innovator, performing in his favorite place, a cluttered studio. I don't like to perform live. I toured uh, part of Europe uh, about seven, eight years ago when I had a hit there. And every night it was a little nightmare, so I decided not to do it. Okay, there we go. The melody. The end result of Moroder's computer composing is a new record album, appropriately called E equals MC squared. Oh, just brilliant. I, I want to play all of that, really. Uh, that's just absolutely fantastic. And some great, uh, great moustache um, work there, Dave, I must say. I think I feel like I should, we should all probably... <laughs> In tribute. <laughs> 
That's absolutely genius. That's probably going to end up being the poster frame for the entire show, of course, without uh, uh, but, yeah, nice one. Uh, so, Georgia Moroda, of course, 72. It's hardly, it's hardly, uh, I can't, I can hardly believe it, to be perfectly honest. It seems like uh, yesterday when uh, he was doing all that stuff. What was quite interesting about that is that there were there were other people involved, quite a lot of uh, other people involved who sort of introduced him to synthesizers and what have you. I thought that was kind of interesting. Dave, you you mentioned a little bit about this in the, the pre-show. What was the what was it that um, uh, uh, brought brought you brought that into focus? Oh, hold on, there's another fantastic picture there, Mister Moreau. You were right about the moustache. That is absolutely bang on. This the, I found this actually on Synthtopia. This was uh, he posted last week. Uh, it was April 26th, not take that. And there he is in front of a load of stuff. That's absolutely fantastic. Dave, you know what's going to happen now. Yeah. <laughs> Need to put a packet of cigarettes in your, um, in your what's it there. Um, Georgia Moroda, though, it's hard to have anything bad to say about the man, do you think? Oh, I can't hear anybody. What's going on here? Ah. Hey, sorry, I've muted myself. Uh, that, he did this album called, uh, what was it? Munich Machine, which was quite bad. That's about the worst I can say about him. But, I mean, that was brilliant. And I read loads about that whole story of, uh, you know, how it came to be and how they synced up the Moog and stuff like that. That was really interesting. And, in fact, I've, uh, Gaz, you talk for a bit because I've got to find this because it actually came from this guy, Eberhard Schoener, this German guy who had the same tech or had the, had the tech who ended up doing whatever he did with Moroda with the big tape and sequent, uh, syncing it all up. And I don't think Mr. Schoener was particularly pleased when he went to America and found uh, I Feel Love all over the charts. Ah, some reason, anyway. some reason we seem to have lost video on Skype, but I will have to soldier through because we're very nearly at the end of the show. So I'm just hoping it'll all work out in the end. I don't know what happened there. It just told me I needed a subscription to groups, which I've actually got. So uh, Skype malfunction. That's probably my moustache. It was. It probably was. Uh, I know about you, Gaz. Um, you fan of Maroda? I mean, uh, it seemed to me. I mean, I always remember it being incredibly cheesy, but in in a sort of classic sense. Um, yeah, I mean, funnily enough, my introduction to it really was. Um, I've talked about this thing before in the past. That this I had this thing called Music Five Hundred, which was an additional like a like a music sequencer that you ran on a BBC Micro. Uh, this was in the mid eighties, about eighty five, eighty six, and. Um, and I had a, I had a demo that someone had done a really, really good version of "I Feel Love" that ran on that particular system. It sounded, and it sounded really good on that. It's like an FM synthesizer. Um, and then sort of worked backwards and, and to to hear the song for real eventually, um, and was just wowed by it. And, you know, um, but it, it did get me thinking though. Uh, I remember uh, Phil Oakey. Um, together in Electric yeah. Dreams, but beyond that, what's he done, Jojo Moroder? I really <gasps> sort of fell off the radar then. Hold after on. There, well, he? Donna Summer. Uh, that's the big one. What was, there was something? There was a, he did the soundtrack to something. Uh, the uh, Midnight Express soundtrack for Midnight Express. Mm. Yeah. But did he do that? Apparently so. Did that. There's a great bit at the yeah. end of this video. I might just try and uh, um, if I can just 
play it again. There's, if I play it at the end, take the human just one second. I can find that. Computer, and you've got composer producer Giorgio Moroder. So this album to check out is called Transformation. Sorry, guys. Ah. Sorry, what was that, Dave? Uh, it's called Transformation by Eberhard Schoener. Ah, uh, okay. And it was where they kind of came up with what he called the Black and Decker effect. Anyway, yes, video, please. <laughs> uh, hold on one second. Uh, right, let me see if I can get that. There's just at the very end of this. Take the human touch, combine it with a digital computer, and you've got composer-producer Giorgio Moroder. Plugged in, turned on, and creating musical magic from thin air and solid-state electronics. Hold on. Catch. I'm Chuck Ash. There's a great line at the end of this. Report has electronic music. He hasn't found it yet. But he's looking, and looking in places where only his special kind of imagination can take. Reporting from a recording studio that even NASA can't match, I'm Chuck Ash. Brilliant. Um, yes, uh, there are, the, the chat room is helping us out with uh, Never Ending Story, uh, Together in Electric Dreams... Uh, Did he do a never-ending story? Uh, Super Mario and Maroda, best moustaches ever. Uh, we should see... That's a great idea. They suggest... Uh, that is... Uh, Pocketronic in the chat room says that we should sell Giorgio Maroda moustaches. What a fantastic <laughs> idea. I, I have absolutely... I, I think they probably sell quite well for some reason. I think... I think one of those like combined glasses, nose and moustache kind of combos, but in Georgia. With Moroda 80s style, glasses, big one. 80s yeah. kind of pair drop, uh, fade out glasses. That's a great idea. That's fantastic. Anyway, it looks like um, the technology is gradually falling to bits. So I'm probably going to um, quit while I'm ahead. At the moment, um, well, I, I will say goodbye and uh, thank you very much to uh, my uh, participants. We've got Dave Spears over there who's rolled his T-shirt up in a very camp style and... Uh, is in tribute for, to Mr. George Amaroda, whose birthday was. There he goes. <laughs> Excellent. Dave Spears, G4 Software, um, thank you very much for joining us. Really appreciate you I taking think- the time out. And Gaz Williams, even though we can't see you at the moment, uh, we know no. you're there and we can hear you. Oh, your video's coming back, so maybe there you are. Anyway, Gaz Williams, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, from, are you back at home or are you still in France at the moment? No, I'm actually in my spare room at the ah, moment. Okay. But, um, uh, yeah, no, I'm back. I'm back until, and then back to France, Paris in, on Sunday. One thing I didn't mention about the show, just very briefly, is um, it is a bit rude in places. And when I say a bit rude, it's um, that's yeah. And it's very. It's uh, very what's it? What, what's the what's the uh, what's the uh, area of? Um, is it Pigalle in Paris, which is uh, full of that kind of smut? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Thanks for the tip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well worth going. Montmartre, Montmartre and Picard. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Well, I'm not sure I feel, <laughs> now I feel like I'm somehow responsible for your moral decline. Should that actually happen now from this point? Are you near, you're, this is near Notre Dame, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So you're really, really super central. Yeah. It's about, if you look on the map, it's a, it's, there's like a, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like an inner ring road in Paris. Um, and if you take that and then you go like, like a bullseye, it's right into the Chatelet, right in this middle. It's, yeah, it's really. Cool. It's I'm going to find a hotel around that way and give you cool. So, uh, dude, well, great. anyway, we want to say thank you very much for joining us. I really, really do appreciate it. And um, that was Sonic Talk number 264. And uh, we will um, see you all again next time. Thank you very much. Here we go. 
When I'm dancing next to her